friends, it's us. I am Steph Beagle. And I'm Lauren Abney. And this is Well Behaved. We believe balance is a bit overplayed and way overrated. We've embraced finding our perfect blend of wellness with a twist of tequila. This podcast delivers wellness remixed from face slapping facials to the ABCs of CBD. Living your best life and finding what's right for you is what it's all about. Let's do this. We are back. We're back. (laughs) (laughs) That was so dorky. We're dorky. But we're cute. I don't know. I think we're cute. We're like giddy to be back. We've taken a break, which I guess like all other podcasters do. But for whatever reason, we recorded like 742 episodes and didn't stop. Yeah. And then we needed to take a break. Then we took a break for both the podcast and personal. Totally. And I think we're back and probably better than ever, but that's to be determined. We are honestly new and improved versions of ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're in love. I'm, oh, wow. Am I <laughs> going there? Yeah, I'm in love. Um, I'm not engaged, but we'll just leave that here. <laughs> I hope he listens. I know. I'm selling my home. You have a boo that's quite cute. I have a very handsome And he's handsome like totally boo. into wellness. Loves <laughs> it, yoga, meditation. I told the flight attendants the other day. They were like, ooh, who's that? Totally. That's cute, babe. So we're just excited to be back. I know that there's like 12 of you. No, I'm kidding. There's many of you that have reached out to us and asked what the hell's going on. Do not worry. Do not fret. We're here and we have some amazing episodes already recorded. But as always, we love to hear from you. Last year, you told us that we want to have more conversations around sex, financial wealth, wealth, wellness. You wanted to hear more about different modalities, lots more skincare. Just tell us what you want because then we go and find the person and then you're happy and we're happy. And then we can authentically tell those people, everyone's asking for you. Totally. We don't have to lie. (laughs) So we're kicking off with a magical human that we recorded with many eons ago. And it's the coolest title ever for a human, but she's a multi-passionate entrepreneur and she does literally a million different things. So we dive into that in the episode, but we love to always reflect. And my reflection on this episode and on this human, Lori Harder, is that she said something to us that I wholeheartedly believe in, which is that as we continue to build, grow, evolve, and figure out what we want for our futures, making sure we surround ourselves with people who believe in us and being able to accomplish all those things. So for instance, if you have a group of friends that has very limiting beliefs around life or you, you're never going to be empowered to go for those things. So it's not, we're not telling you to go find new friends, right? Maybe. Or it's not saying get rid of your old friends, but being around people who believe that your goals and dreams are limitless helps you get there. Or being around people that have done amazing things or have started businesses or who have dealt, you know, have different passions that helps you kind of step up and step into that power, which like, Laura, we believe in all day. Well, I feel crazy fortunate to have you as my partner in this lifetime because there is no doubt that we're supporters, advocates of each other. Mm-hmm. We do many things together, but we have a lot that is separate. And I, I we never approach any endeavor with some idea that it's already been done before. I don't think you can do this. It's constant support and advocacy and just like, yeah, girl, how can I help you? And that is rare. There's a lot of people that just enter conversations with limiting beliefs. Right. Or jealousy. And I think that was something that she touched on too that I think you guys will love is like, jealousy is a real thing, but you'll find humans who 
literally celebrate you and your wins. And that's where the magic is. I think, you know, everyone should have those people around them. So that was my, I I mean, I had so many takeaways. I had so much fun listening back. We go all over the place. So get excited. What did you really kind of take away from this episode? I mean, she is just an incredible boss, babe, and has her hands in so many different projects. As somebody who constantly wants to build, I was inspired by the idea that she's building things um, without the stability of that one project. She'll often have the stability of one thing and then start to create the next. Mm -hmm. She's always looking to go. And the thing that she talks about is just jumping in. We all have our ideas. We all know we want to be our own boss, but she says, just do it. Mm -hmm. But if you have your full-time job, if you have some sort of stability, you also have freedom and flexibility to build. So I love that because I struggle and thinking, I want to do my own thing. And then right, you're just like never paralyzed by by starting. No, I love it. Well, friends, if you didn't know, we're back. And <laughs> we're so excited to start every, every sun every other Sunday. Every other Sunday. Yeah. I'm like, babe, do not tell them every Sunday because that's just too too much. But every other Sunday, you will find us. We're gonna bring you lots more content and Hopefully you still love us and you're listening. So thank you, Lori Harder. Friends, we are so excited to have on. Talk soon. We took a little hiatus, Lori, and we decided that like we're back. So we really wanted to have the most magical human to kick us back off, which might be the case. The hiatus was to come with intention and really think about who were the most special humans that we could bring to our listeners. And so this feels right. This feels right. So it's actually amazing because one of one of our other most favorite special humans is Sarah. Now she's Sarah Hall, I think. Yeah, totally. Big hit problems. And she brings some of the most amazing humans together. It's weird to say that about yourself, but I do feel that way. And I actually met Lori at a wedding at her wedding, at Sarah's wedding, not Lori's wedding. And we were at the same table, hashtag table 11 for life. And we instantly connected. And I was talking to her. I was talking to her man. And we had the best time at the wedding. We danced, but we also just like got onto business. And we were like, we need to stay in each other's lives. And here we are. We are so honored to have you on Well Behaved. I'm going to share this laundry list of amazing accomplishments that Lori has. But if I was to sum it up, she is a driven inspiring boss, babe. And I just want more of her in my life. So I'm going to start there. She has built three separate seven-figure businesses. She's the founder and CEO of Light Pink, which we'll talk more about. But it's a new light rosé that helps women connect, collaborate, and celebrate better. So like, we're going to need a lot of that, Lori. (laughs) And she's a best-selling author of A Tribe Called Bliss, the founder of The Bliss Project, runs the Forbes Top 11 business podcast with 30 million downloads. She also co-hosts a new podcast called Girlfriends of Business with Allie Webb, who we love from Drybar, also with Britt, who I know is the founder of Squeeze. So her career has been amazing. And it's I feel like I hear you all the time. It's just getting started always. I know that you're going to have a ton of amazing nuggets of inspiration to share with um, all of our friends, but we are just so happy to have you. I'm so excited to be here. And by the way, number 11, I knew it was going to be lucky. I just didn't know how lucky. Like when I saw 11, I'm like, 11 is good. 11 is like so lucky. It's, it's such a good number, isn't it? It's like a magical number. Ones are always so great. So anyway, I just have to share. Number one, I'm so grateful to be here. This is so much fun. Like this was this is like the crown jewel of my day or my week or my month. Um, and 
I knew when I met you, it's crazy. Like I truly believe I just have it, you know, whether it's just been, I think it's something you have to choose, you know, that's true. Like a lot of our beliefs, we just choose to make them beliefs. And then once you choose to make them beliefs, they become beliefs and it, it starts showing up in your life in that way. And for me, I truly believe that what is for me cannot miss me. So after I met you at the table, I was like, oh my God, I loved her. It's it's kind of rare. And we know that, that you you meet people and you just drop in and you kind of feel like you've known them forever. And you're like, totally. I just, yeah, I just felt that energy from you. It was easy. Like, I feel like I could literally either sit and scroll my iPhone with you or sit and talk about the <laughs> You know that friend that you can do that with? Totally. Like, you, you need to stop talking right now. We need to just scroll on the iPhone for a while. Um, so just felt that right away. And I didn't, we ended up leaving fairly early because we had an earlier flight the next day. And we also had to prep for like, we were about to host this um, like event uh, for something that we do in our other business the next day in Miami. So we left and I was like, damn it. It's okay. I'm an Instagram freak. Like I'll, I'll find her. I'll look her up again. Cause I didn't get your number when I left. Yep. And then all of a sudden you're walking up through the airport the next day. And I was like, I literally like look up to the heavens, like, huh? Yeah. That's thank so you. Funny. Thank you universe. No, I feel like, and 11 is my favorite number in the world. So I am right there with you. And it is. We we believe <laughs> we awesome. sometimes say no new friends, but then there's people like you and we're like, we can make room for her. I mean, we're collecting very special <laughs> humans. <laughs> we <so>. are. <laughs> um, to be totally cliche on a well-behaved, we love to start with this really, really special question, which is what does wellness mean to you? And I would love to hear, especially for someone who is so freaking busy, you know, what is what is this important thing in your life that is wellness and how do you what do you do with it? I think that wellness is wellness looks like many different things. Some seasons of my life, wellness is resting. Like it, to be totally honest, I had kind of a, a rough week that I knew was going to get rougher this week just because I'm in launch and, and I'm getting some news back. That's really challenging. I'm getting challenges, a lot of hurdles that I have to solve right now. And wellness to me looked like because I knew what type of week I had coming, like I had to just shut her down this weekend because I knew my brain needed to be ready and emotionally prepared to handle maybe some more bad news or challenging news. So this weekend I was like, can you do anything about this this weekend? And the answer was no. So instead of stressing, I said, I'm not going to like, I'm, I'm working. It's, you know, I, I think wellness means really evaluating where you're at and what, what, what we get to do and what you want to do in life and deciding what you want your life to look like and mean in the big picture. And I know that that's easy to look at the big picture of, you know, I want to fulfill my dreams and I want to do this thing and I want deep relationships, but we get caught up in the day today. So I feel like we need to remember for me, wellness is remembering that in the grand scheme of life, nothing is actually a big deal. And I know that sounds so like cliche, but it's remembering that like in five years, no matter how much of a shit storm is happening in your life, or no matter how much money you lose, or no matter, you know, how horrible this feels right now, it's all a lesson. And it's remembering, like, it's not going to mean anything in the grand scheme. And I, you know, this last summer in June, my husband's dad passed away and we were not expecting it at all. He was just like, the absolute, you know, he was, he was the glue, like the person who just was the fun, the light, the, like the everything. Right. And when he passed away, it was just a moment of, of just realizing that the little things are the big things 
and not to get like, there's never anything worth stressing about that can't be fixed as long as all your people are there. And, you know, just reevaluating what you want every single day to mean, because every single day is your life. It's not tomorrow. It's not when you reach the thing. It's like really attempting to make sure that you remember that each day that that's a really long way to say that's, that's what it means to me. It's, it's looking at your day and saying, is this season of my life worth stressing over? And sometimes it is. And sometimes it looks like being highly disciplined and wellness means, you know, making sure you don't die with that dream inside of you. And it's going to be super hard and it's going to be really stressful. And you're going to feel like, you know, you are at your edge every single day. And then sometimes it looks like, you know, taking a break and saying, fuck it, (laughs) like taking two days and saying, you know what? Nothing can be fixed right now. And I need to just go and take care of my brain. Beautiful. I've been working on the practice of detachment and trying to really understand what detachment means because it, to me, is not not caring about anything, but it's essentially living with intention and allowing the universe to fill out the details. But I think, you know, if you live in this space where every day is not intentional, then it doesn't you're not living in your in your highest aptitude and and optimizing your life and and really having this attention to wellness in a way that you speak to. So such a cool way to put it. Huge fan of that and thank you for sharing with us. I've been uh studying your biography <laughs> because I'm a student and uh it's immense. <laughs> so Beeks already gave an intro and spoke to some of the incredible things that you've accomplished on the way. But I think it would be helpful for our listeners to understand what do you do outside of the hundred accolades and how did you get started on this path? Because you're motivated and you clearly have a mission. So I'd love to hear more about that. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. That is what I do. So I do whatever I'm being called to next. And, you know, I wish I, I spent years trying to summarize it. Cause I think that there was a time when we needed, like, we felt like we needed it in this bio and like, they were like, no, your elevator pitch and you should be able to do it in less than two minutes. That, that was like the most stressful thing ever. Cause I was like, I like so many things. Um, but it also led me down a path of like, you know, there were a lot of times where I was so not focused and I would just felt so scattered all the time because I, I did think that I wanted to do it all. So I would try it all. And I think there's many of us who are like, well, I can do that. Oh, that's cool over there. Let me try that. And, you know, while I think that's great to kind of figure out in the beginning, I think there are some of us who need to do a lot of things in the beginning um, in order to see what is for us and what's not, especially if you're coming out of something that actually you realized you woke up one day and realized you didn't actually choose it. Maybe it was chosen for you. Maybe you had the pressure of, you know, you went to college for this or your parents wanted you to be this or whatever it was. And we're waking up out of that coma of like, holy shit, who am I? Um, You know, then there's a lot of times where we do want to kind of throw a million things at the wall at once to see what we're interested in, what sticks. Um, but I would definitely say that if you can, you know, narrow that down as soon as possible. And even if it's, it's like, what is the main interest out of this handful and kind of try to focus there. And there's some questions that I think people can ask. And I know this wasn't the question, but if you have some other multi-passionate people out there, you know, looking back at the course of my career, I would say that I did the one that I was most interested in that also simultaneously brought the most money so that I could start supporting the other things. Because sometimes what we do is we pick the one that brings no money 
and, you know, it takes the most time. And then you're kind of screwed because now you have no money to even get anything off the ground. And, you know, if, if I can look at what I did right in my career, it was that I did that. I looked at what could make money to support these other ideas. What was the thing that could bring in the money the quickest and what could bring in the most money and what could I just suck up and know was the way to get to these other activities as well. So um, with that said, I have done a lot of different things. Um, I started in the fitness world and I will say, I think a lot of why I started in the fitness world was because I had the story that I wasn't educated um, and it was what it was the only thing I was good at. So, you know, I had started working out at a younger age and it just became the thing that I did and it became kind of who I was. Um, and I transformed my life and helped transform some other people's lives. And I was like, oh, I'm passionate about this and I'm good at it. And, you know, there were other things I wanted to do at the time. I wanted to be like a speaker. I wanted to be, I wanted to write books and all of those things, but I had the story. I'm not smart enough and I'm not, I'm not educated enough. I was homeschooled through high school. I didn't graduate high school. So there was this like super fear and shame all around that. Like I wouldn't tell anyone I wouldn't try anything. Cause it was like, if they ask me, I'm never going to put myself in a situation where I get asked. That's why I avoided everything. Right. And so from fitness, I realized that I was good at that, started making money from that. And also this whole on, online world was here. And I, I was like, okay, I'm trading time for money. I maxed out my time because you can only train so many people. And the online space had become a thing. And I started to be like, how could I get my trainings online to reach more people? Then that started taking off, um, started network marketing because I realized all these people who I was training needed food. And I was like, how can I get paid off of this? And then from there, you know, there was a long time when I wanted to be done with network marketing. Not that it's bad. I loved it, but it was the same conversation over and over. And for someone like me, that is the death of me. So I, I, I was like, my heart wasn't in it anymore necessarily, but I knew that I needed a certain amount of money in order to do the next thing, which was like personal development and women's events. So I stayed in things for like, I, I would say the discipline of fitness taught me that you have to stay in things a lot longer than you want to get the result. So what I did is I took that information from fitness and getting results in that way that like, you might do this for two years and still not see what you want. You need an extra three. So it was like, all right, with network marketing, I was like, I'm going to stay in this until I re reach X amount of money so that I can do this. So I set goals along the way. And I would say for people who are very multi-passionate, like myself, who do many things, um, it's like setting these goals and keeping your attention, making sure you keep your attention long enough to get a result that can support the next thing. And I think the other piece is the instant gratification piece is hard too. I think it's, you know, like we've been in this world for so long too and tech startups and it's like you look around and a lot of people in three years have exits and you're like, oh, well then I'm going to build a business and in three years I'm going to sell my business. I'm going to make the most money and I'm going to like get to retire. But I think you said something really, really powerful too is that like sometimes you have to sit in it and work through it and see it through in a way that maybe you hadn't imagined. But like that's that's where the gold is a lot of times later in the road too. Oh God. I think every time, like I just, you know, even when I think I've had moments where I'm like, Oh my God, this was like a quick win. It doesn't turn out that way. It's like, Oh, it, it's no, it looked like it was going to be. And that kept me going. I actually call those breadcrumbs. Like when you think they're going to be quick and they're not, it's like, that was just a little, like someone tossed you a baguette while you were hungry and you're like, it's just enough to like get you through to the next. <laughs> right. You're like, Oh, I'm high on this again. Right. It's so true. You seem to have all this commitment, yet you've had these different lives. 
or different uh, vignettes within the life of both, I'm sure, lifestyle and business and all those elements. So we all love a pivot because I think it usually means some level of like self-exploration or expansion. If you encourage people to stay within a path until they achieve that goal, then are you encouraging a pivot? We're like sitting in this place where everyone has a, a greater attunement to what they likely want and what they're willing to accept moving forward after COVID. So like, how can you encourage somebody to pivot and when will they know that it's the right time? Yes. There are going to be places where you are going to have to dig deep and you're going to have to stay in what you're in because maybe you, maybe it's not the smartest to pivot and it would be in a year or two years. And in the grand scheme, a year or two years is really brief. And like I said, money is energetic support. It's literally supporting your next vision. So there's going to be a lot of times when you're going to want to pivot early, but you don't have the support there yet. And it's not going to be, there are two types of people, (laughs) those who can just like jump into something without the money and they will create it because their back is up against the wall. And this is typically only if your back is up against the wall. This is like, you've lost your house you have to feed your children type stuff. Like I've been in that situation. It works really well. If you are in a more comfortable situation, I wouldn't recommend pivoting before the money's there. If you're kind of in a more cozy, like you're going to make it, but it's going to be really tight. Like you almost need, because what can happen there is you're not going to do the things you need to make that pivot in a way that has the money to support you in a, in a powerful way. What will most likely happen is you won't feel the urgency, but it, so it'll never make enough money to get you out of the thing that you're doing. I've just seen it. We've worked with thousands of entrepreneurs. I've seen it over and over again. You somehow have to manufacture your own pain point or create enough money, you know, where you're like, you have the the power to pivot powerfully. So how do you know? I think the first thing is that you're, you, you were in the thing that you love or you're, you were in your dream and, or you're just in something that you can't seem no matter how hard you try, no matter how many times you've tried to reframe in gratitude that you're so grateful for it or your clients or this gym or this product that you've created, but you can't seem to get your fire back. And it's like 3 PM, you're really tired and you're on, you're even like doing all the things you're healthy, you're eating the right foods, but you're tired and you're bored and you're being woken up at like anywhere between one and 4 a.m. over and over with anxiety. Those I've are never been there. I know, I know someone <laughs> like that. So that is time to pivot. That means your, your next calling is knocking and most likely you're trying to avoid it. Maybe you're drinking more, you're eating more, you're going out with friends more, you're doing things like that. Cause you're just like wanting to avoid what you know is coming like a bigger conversation with yourself. More is going to be demanded. Potentially you're avoiding it because you're afraid of the work. You're afraid of success. You're afraid of, it's just, it's going to be another level out of you. It's a whole next level. Um, and these are all the emotions that come with like, when you start to know that you need to pivot and a lot of fears come up, it's like the, um, upper, uh, the big leap. It's like so freaking good. Um, but it's, it's like upper limiting ourselves and all of the different things that we experience when we know we're going to the next level or we are going to the next level and how those things show up. And they are, they're always around a pivot. So interesting. And something that I've heard you talk so much about is starting before you're ready. 
So like for you and all of these ventures that you've done, I think call it COVID, call it life. Everyone's like, I have a side hustle idea, right? Like what is your process of getting started? And obviously you don't have to dig into like the minutia of it, but like, how do you get started, right? Everyone throws out business plan, but like, is there a process that you have that looks different or is there any tips that you can give our friends of, you know, it's time to pivot? Like what's one of the first things that you do? It sounds so stupid, but I get started by actually getting started. Like totally, actually actually start doing things that would like, that would be on that path. And a lot of them are really stupid things. If I'm being honest, they're like things that you'd be like, I don't know what, what does it seem like you do when you get started? Well, you sit and you spend your evenings now Googling for what it would look like to get started to start an alcohol company. I literally typed in Google, how do you start an alcohol company? And it was like, oh, you'd need this and you would need this. So then I started Googling that. And, you know, I think I, the difference is, is that um, I, I also give it some time of, I give it a lot of thought first. So sometimes a lot of thought is only a week for me, but I've given it a lot of thought. I've, I've taken it down every rabbit hole possible of what the end results could be. And if that's worth it to me. Um, and something that I do to know, like if it's something I want to start on is I do something called the takeaway. Um, and I just sit and I close my eyes and I meditate on the thing. And I say like, okay, if, if for some reason the universe, you know, took this away from me or for America was like, women can no longer do businesses that are X of something that I want to do. Um, you know, if you can no longer raise money to do whatever, how would I feel? And if I am like traumatized and I'm like, I can't imagine not being able to do that thing. That's how I know I absolutely must. If I'm like, eh, I'd be okay. Cause I'd just go start this thing over here. Then I don't even touch it. It's kind of like the guy that you like, you, you like, you're like, eh, it's fine. But then he leaves and you're like, what? he was the I love that. I mean, no, I think that's super powerful. I think something else that resonates, I mean, with two humans that continue to collect great humans is the who. And I know a lot of times for you, you've talked about on your journey as you look forward, who you surround yourself with is is imperative. So can you share your perspective? I feel this, right? Because we talk a lot about the vignettes, or I think you said the seasons and figuring out who to have in front of you and have with you that can help bring you to where you want to go. I think some of what you talk about in in this realm is magic. So I would love to hear more about that. Oh my gosh. I think it's the most important thing. I actually think self-development is totally flawed because I think it really does need to be group development. Like we can try all the self-development that we want, but you, it doesn't, it doesn't stick and it doesn't get applied until we find that, that group. And who are we going to move forward with? Like you, you will only grow as far as the group of people around you are willing to, to grow, you know, your limiting beliefs are going to look, and I say limiting beliefs because it's, like so true when we think about this, your limiting beliefs are going to be the same as the limiting beliefs around you. So if you're hanging out with a bunch of people who don't believe they can start a business, you will never make it past that because everything will reflect back to you that it's not possible. And they will, they will literally confirm that for you. So whoever you are around, their beliefs are confirming or reaffirming, right? They're confirming or reaffirming. So if you want to know how far you're going to go, ask how far your friends think they can go. And that's, that's it. That's where it ends. So you need to hang out with people who think anything is possible or you will stop wherever that, that thought is. So isn't that an interesting thought? If we all asked, what do you think is possible for you? And they're like, well, I, you know, I would never be able to do that. You're literally reaffirming to yourself that it can't be done for you either. 
So for me, it's, it's legitimately everything. So if I just put you guys in a room for one week with people who were, let's say you weren't entrepreneurs before this one week with people who were all entrepreneurs, let's say it was just 10 people. You would start a business and you would have a business in one week when you left that room of pure immersion. Like if you weren't allowed to listen to anything else, if you weren't allowed to talk to anyone else, you'd get so immersed in that conversation that they would actually hypnotize you and completely brainwash you into believing that it was possible for you. And that would be your truth. So it's, it's, I make sure that I am in rooms, in conversations. I can't even, it's really tough for me now where I, I know this, I'm going to, I also want to say, I also came from rooms where nothing was possible, like family where they didn't, they, they, you know, zero education, nobody went to college, like amazing humans. And also there was no talk of anything in life besides getting a job, working hard, never making money and dying. Life is hard. I do think it's one of the most important things that you can possibly do for yourself is start to get yourself around people positive propaganda, like wherever you can, whether it starts with books and podcasts, like anything that you can do possible. Like I won't even watch certain shows if it makes me feel like shit, because that's, what's going to be an output in if input is shit and I feel crappy, that's what I'm going to be putting out in the world. I've been in a place where being in a room like that has elicited maybe like jealousy that can be repositioned and a little bit less than that is maybe envy and a little bit less than that is inspiration and a little bit less than that is motivation. And it is really quite beautiful how contagious that type of energy can be. And one of the things that we really started doing in life, I don't know, forever ago, but in the past couple of years was just like finding humans and having coffee with them. And and that's changed a little bit. And it's something that I'm inviting back in my life in a, in a major way because it so fills me up. I'm so excited to see what people are building and how they're doing it and how I can learn from them. So before Lori Harder was Lori Harder, how did you start to cultivate those? Did you just like randomly reach out to humans and ask if they'd meet with you? Did you find women's network? Like where did you start to find those good humans? Oh, this is such a good question. Cause I would, I would have considered myself an extreme introvert. And I also had a lot of anxiety. I had panic attacks. I like had a lot of social anxiety. So I started this small, um, you know, I started doing things. I actually started learning about the, the personal development world because I had So I was an extreme case, but I had such bad social anxiety that I would have panic attacks even around friends when we would go out. So I would drink like four drinks before we'd even go out. And then I'd proceed to drink like four to 15 more like throughout the night, literally, like legitimately when I was younger. Um, So obviously that was a problem that I was coping with uh, panic attacks and anxiety through alcohol when it was in social situations. So for me, it was... Um, a mix of, oh my gosh, I have to figure out how to face this. And I started, um, uh, you know, I went through the whole medication rabbit hole, which for me, it was more about confronting something that I needed to do. I needed to go put myself in those situations. So by no means, I feel like some people absolutely need it. I went through a phase where that still did not help me even going on anxiety medication um, to where I was like, oh God, shit, I have to, like, I actually have to start facing this and like go through it and let it be okay. Even if I have a panic attack. So with that said, I do want to share, like, 
I know that so many people are freaked out about this. Like it's not fun going and making friends. It's scary. It doesn't make you feel good, especially if you're an introvert. Like, especially if you feel like you don't have value to add yet, then where do you even start? You're like, "Mm, who am I? Like, okay, well for you, you might have to like go seek people at your own level who also want to start a bit of a journey. So that can be reaching out in the DMs like, Hey, you know, I saw that you also either like this page or you comment on this page a lot. This might seem so weird, right? I'm the queen of like writing these scripts so that you don't seem like a total freak show. You're going to seem a little bit weird, but you know what? Making friends is weird and it's awkward and lots of people have turned me down. So Um, you don't get anywhere without feeling weird. I just want you to remember that. Like you don't get anywhere without feeling like a weirdo, um, or feeling like you could get totally rejected. So reaching out in the DMS and saying, Hey, I noticed that you follow this too, or like you, you comment on this too. This might seem totally weird, but I'm looking for somebody to, you know, um, maybe an accountability partner once a month where we jump on a zoom and just talk about each other's goals and see how we can help each other. No more than that. Um, you know, if this sounds like something you would love to do to kind of start creating a network. Awesome. If not, no worries. I've DM stuff like that to like 50 people at once, like not on the same group chat. Do not do that individually with their names. Um, I've done things like that. I, you know, in the beginning, I call it buying friends. And I think it's important. Um, I have bought masterminds. I have bought into networking events. I have bought into, um, you know, going to personal development events. I go to where people are that I either strive to be like, or people who are like-minded or on the same journey. And it's horrible. Like I, it's literally one of the most painful things in the entire world. And it's one of the best things because I'm more introverted. So I, it's funny because people think I'm really extroverted and I'm like, Oh no, I mean, I wrote a book about it for a reason. Cause it's painful. Like you, you know, you write and teach on what you need the most. And that's what I need the most is like getting out there and connecting. And I also know it's where all of the, the gold is. So I definitely think that there is so much value in knowing like, you're going to book that thing. Like I would book events or networking events and I would have it on my calendar. I might even purchase the ticket and I still want to cancel. Like the day before I want to cancel the day of, I want to cancel. I'm like, this sucks so bad. My heart is beating, like going into something alone. Like maybe I'm walking into an event with, you know, 20 women by myself. That's a nightmare. None of, no part of that for me is fun to like stand there and like, hope someone talks to me. So then obviously I also arm myself with a couple questions. I have a legit, you, you guys know, um, like create and cultivate events with Jacqueline Johnson. So she would, she would invite me to like some of her, like, you know, like her luncheons that she has. And I would go by myself, not knowing anyone. And that's weird. Like people don't know who I am. And I walk in there and I just like every single time I'm so awkward. And literally I'm like, okay, you are not leaving this thing without inserting yourself into a group. So I'll walk up to a group of people and be like, hi, I'm just jumping right in the conversation because I don't know anyone. And they're kind of like, "Eh, I was talking. "Eh." Um, They're not, but sometimes I feel that way. Um, But it's, it's weird. And you just have to go in there with a couple good questions or be a great listener and, and just stand there and deal with the awkwardness. And I promise you, if you just show up to those things and you promise to like get into a group, magic will happen. I don't know how it does, but this has to be just like how I, we started this podcast was 
I have a belief that like, you can't miss what's for you. And that I, I also have a belief like magic will happen. If you just put yourself out there, if you just show up, that's another one that I'm like, I believe this to my core. So it happens because I believe it. And that might seem crazy, but I promise you, if you do it too, and you believe that, like, you're just like, okay, I'm going to pretend, even if you say, I'm going to pretend to believe this, it will show up for you. To your point, when you put yourself out there, you DM, I mean, even for us sometimes when we invite amazing people like you on our podcast and they're like, we would love to be on. We're like, what? They wouldn't be on, (laughs) you know, like, but it's part of that is putting yourself out there. I think um, something that I know you talk about too, is just like success is not a solo journey. It's not a solo endeavor. Like it's about those connections and that network and that collective. And I think for us, you know, we, we've seen that time and time again. And I think when you build a business, one of the things that I had the hardest time with was asking people for help. It is not in my nature. Like I I don't like it. But I think the power of building that network and those connections too is, you know, if you foster that and later on in life, you're going to have this amazing collective to 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 lean on and to learn from and to be able to ask for help and they they did the same exact thing when they got started, right? So I think all of that to me is like that fear, harnessing that fear, it's so worth it in the end if you just if you start it's kind of what we talked about earlier, right? Well, and let's also remember that one of Beegs's superpower is to ask how she can help somebody. So when she's in that scenario, she may not know that person, but one of the first questions or definitely the last question is, how can I help you? And so, you know, how much more likely is somebody to engage and like step in and share and want to participate with you when in reality, you're kind of asking them for something, but you're of service. And so uh, you should see how people react when, you know, they've expected nothing. And all of a sudden she's like finding a way to provide value to them. It is an instant connection and it is beautiful. I think it's one of the most important things that we can A, teach people and B, you know, well, A, do ourselves and B, teach people because um, it's an equal energy exchange and it will always like, no matter no matter what in the in is going on in your life, I just feel like eventually, if you have added value to people's lives, sometimes somehow, somehow those people either either the same people you've added value to end up showing up years later. Sometimes it's even five or ten years later. It's the craziest thing, or it's just like because you did those things, people are going to show up for you later. It just it's how it works. It's like a universal law that you cannot escape. If you add value, it will show up in your life. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now I got to think about the fact that you used to pre-drink significantly, but now you're bringing to market this beautiful light pink rosé, and there's a non-alcoholic version, I believe, coming out as well, which you've really focused on being a tool for connection as it seems. And you also have done most or all of the fundraising from female investors. So, whoa, Mage, congrats. And we'd love just to hear a little bit about what's the mission behind this brand and how did it become the next pivot for you? Like, how did you decide and what was the motivation? Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Um, it's been, it's been super fun and super challenge. One of the most, it's the most challenging thing I've ever done in my entire life. How did I pivot? Um, so I had, you guys have like a checklist in your head of things that you'd like to complete in your life, right? Like, okay. I like for me, it was, 
do a, a big women's event. Like I loved, I love large in-person events. There's just something total immersion is like how I transform my life. And that's what I created for women. I did that for 10 years, loved it. Um, but at the end, I was kind of feeling like I wanted to start talking about different things and the business or the, the event was very personal development. I wanted to also add business. So I was starting to really feel that I was like, Oh, but I don't think it's this event. That's a very different type of conversation. So with that said, there's so many elements of that, that I connected women super deeply there through a series of questions that I would arm them with, um, and just, uh, different exercises that I would kind of teach them. And then they'd go off and they'd connect. So it was really, really, um, interactive and immersive. So it would be on stage, me teaching, then give them what to say and do, and then have them go and try it and go all meet each other. They did this for three days straight. And I've seen hundreds of businesses come out of this event, like in partnerships and like crazy 10 years. Right. So you just see what it does. So that was like a huge aha moment of like, really, we're just, we're just not asking each other the right questions. We're just afraid because it's like awkward or whatever that, you know, whatever reason. And, and um, we're not connecting and we're not actually getting to the meat of what we want to be talking about with each other. So we never create those businesses together or get any, we don't get anywhere. And we leave feeling depressed, disappointed, let down. Like how many events have you left where you're like, well, that wasn't worth my time. And now I have a hangover. Like, so that was a huge reason because I found that a lot. Like, wow, I, you know, I'm here, I showed up, except we're not having the conversations. And a lot of that is on me, right? Because I wasn't asking the questions and it's on them. They're not asking the questions. So how do we teach ourselves? So that was that was a big part of it. And then also I did the events. I had written a book and it was amazing. And I was on a trajectory to do what I thought I wanted to do, which was speak and you know be on all like be on all of these different stages. And you know, in the middle of my book launch. I got the, you know, and I was, I had gone to 15 different cities and it was amazing, but it was one of the most exhausting things I've ever done in my life. And it was also pretty lonely. Like you go and you speak, you take pictures with, you know, two to 500 people. And then you go back to your hotel room and you're like a shell of yourself because you're just exhausted. And I got the opportunity to go to dinner with somebody who was like my absolute, like speaking mentor at the time. She was doing all the things that I wanted to be doing. Like I wanted my career to be exactly like hers. And she was like a zombie. And she was like, I have 180 more speaking gigs this year. I literally like, I don't even know how I'm going to do it. I can't believe I've set my life up this way. Like it was insane. And I had this moment of, holy shit, what I want is not what I want at all. I want to be at home, <laughs> like majority of the time. I want to be creating great relationships with, you know, friends. And I want to be with my husband and I want to be working passionately on a business and creating and doing, you know, just kind of like being able to work from where I'm at, but also then traveling if I want to, but not because I have to. And, you know, this was pre-COVID and we were traveling for a lot of different things. And it was just like, I was constantly on an airplane and it was not the life that I wanted. And it just was a moment of, am I going down the road that I actually want? Or am I so caught up in what I think looks good and what these other people are doing? And, you know, because it's validation and attention and that shit feels good. We'd be stupid to say it doesn't. It feels amazing. It's like people who wish for millions of followers and then they get it and they're like, oh my God, like I can't handle these messages and these DMs and how people are in my life. And it's like, 
we really better assess what we're wishing for and if it's actually what you want and is it going to get you the outcome you want. So that's where light pink came from. It was just a lot of like, I took a year, I took an entire year to be like, what is it? What is it? And it was, it was like, felt like nothing was coming to me. And we play the, Chris and I play this game uh, from our friends, uh, Robin Kim Murgatroyd, and they, they do something called stupid idea time. And it's literally like, what would you be doing if you literally could do anything that you, if you had all the money. So I started asking myself, if I had all the money all the time in any network in the world, what would I be doing? And I was like, well, I love champagne. I'd like have a champagne company that like connected women better. And I was like, but that's stupid. I was like, I can't do that. I was like, why would I ever, I'm like personal development. You're going to get so much shit from people like you're in spirituality and you teach people to meditate. And now we're drinking. Like, I was like, but, but everyone knows I have cocktails and that would be inauthentic for me actually not to. And then, you know, so you run through the series of why you can't, I'm like, well, I don't have a network for that. I've never done it. I've heard it's a tough industry. And then I was like, okay, but if this was, you know, if I really believe I can create the network, because I've done it before, I never wrote a book before I created the network. I put myself in those rooms for a year before I wrote the book found the authors, did the things, learned the marketing from those people. I was like, I could do that again. Um, And I just went through this series of like, why I can't and came up with like, okay, you're totally, is it, do you not want to do it or can you actually do it? Is it, is it, I'm not going to do that or I don't want to because it's hard or is it, I actually can't. And none of those answers came back. I actually can't, they never do. So you're like, shit, like if I actually want to max this life out and reach my highest potential and do all of these things and experience what I'm capable of. You got to go and do the thing that feels impossible. And at the time, that's what it was. And it seemed super fun. It seemed exactly like what I wanted to do. It was the thing that I said, if I could do anything in the world, what would I be doing? I'd be like, well, I'd be, you know, then I would create events off this and I'd, I'd show women that, you know, it could be fully funded by women, which it is 54, all female investors. Um, And then I would create this network of women that they would like, you know, it it would essentially, I would take them on this journey to show them that they can do the same exact thing. And that's what I'm doing. I literally had a Zoom call today with some of the investors to like brainstorm on launching ideas and tell them about the experiences I'm going through right now, because that's why they came on is they wanted to hear about the back end so that they could potentially do this for themselves. So they're essentially signed up for like a mastermind in launching a business by being a part of this company. All right. Well, you're an absolute star. Yeah. Like, I don't even know yeah. what else to say except for you're fantastic. You have wonderful sayings and like mantras. Truisms. <laughs> yeah. Truisms. Mantras. Yeah. Do you have anything that you want to leave our listeners with that would, you know, be motivation for reaching their highest potential? Because uh, we all want a little bit of a little bit more for you. Uh, you know, I just think the biggest lie is that it's supposed to feel good. And I think that we get blessed with a flash of the vision. I think we get the lightning bolt. And then I think right after that, it's like, you know, the fire goes out and we think we're, it's like, oh, that must not be it. And I believe that if you get the lightning bolt moment, do you know what I'm talking about? Where you're like, you feel like you're, you can't breathe. You call all your friends, you tell them what you want to do. And you're, you're like, you see a vision of your high, your Beyonce self, like legit fan hair, like you're on a stage, like you see it, you have that moment. And it's like, holy shit, that's what I'm supposed to do. 
that is the vision that you need to hold on to and bring through Death Valley because this 10 seconds later, you're going to be in Death Valley when you need to start Googling. Like, well, how does one start? What does this look like? And you're like, maybe that's not it. I believe that if you got the lightning bolt moment, that that is whatever you believe, God or universe saying, hey, this will either work or lead you to your next thing if you bring it to completion as far as you can. I fully believe that to my core. And what, because whenever I've gotten it, as long as you follow that to the end, and sometimes the end doesn't even look like the result that you want, but if you bring it to the absolute end that you know you're capable of bringing it to, it will either bring you to the successful result or something better, this or something better, right? Always. Or it will bring you to the next thing. It will bring you to that next thing that you didn't even know was the thing, like how I'm in an alcohol company and I thought the thing was a a book career. And now I'm like, oh, I followed the book. And it brought me here. It wasn't the book career or the speaking thing, but now it's even better. And so now I know whether this is a success or not, and I would hate to ever think it it wouldn't be, but I know that this is a chapter that will bring me to the next even bigger thing. So it's never the end. It's never the final thing. And I think we get such attachment to it. And this thing right now that's in front of you is never the final thing. So don't get too attached. It's the next thing. It's the next best thing in your life that's going to bring you to the next best thing in your life. You are magical. And we're so excited to be in your life, but to be on the journey with you to figure out what our lightning bolt moments are in the future. And for to hear from our friends, from our listeners, I think one of the coolest things about the communities that we build is hearing hearing from everyone on their experiences. And, you know, we always say we're here. Let us know how we can help. Oh my God. I love you guys. Just pimp yourself for a a minute because you deserve the platform. Oh my God. I love you. Um, Okay. So at drink light pink on Instagram, just a super fun spot to go and see what the drink is all about. Lori Harder on Instagram. And if you want to sign up for all of the things, like we're talking, we're going to have events and we're going to have opportunities for women to learn about entrepreneurship, for dreams, for connecting. Um, That's all at lightpink.com. That's L-I-T-E-P-I-N-K.com. Well behaved. We'll be there. Yeah, exactly. We're we're in. We're sold. And then don't forget, you have an amazing book, A Tribe Called Bliss. People have to go. Amazon, where can they get your book? Anywhere. Anywhere and everywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. Oh, I miss Barnes and, and like a, and, her, and don't forget her podcast. <laughs> don't forget her. Yeah, there's like 46 <laughs> podcasts. But if you want, just like hit us up, slide into our DMs, and we'll tell you how to find her. We appreciate you. You're the best. You're so much fun. This is amazing. This truly was the highlight of like my my week. Friends, this has been fun. Thanks for spending some quality time with us. If you need more of us in your life, we totally get it. Follow us on Instagram at Well Podcast. Also, we aren't selfish. Tell us what you need and want to learn more about by sending us a note at wellbehavedpodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs. We prefer that anyway. Until next time, stay well and somewhat behaved.